0: CBHDD is reminding people that the Georgia Crisis and Access Line can help those worried about opioid and stimulant misuse. The toll free number is online and is active 24 7. More information at opioidresponse.info. From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Each year around Mother's Day, Michelle Philgate braces herself for the affectionate photos and social media tributes to mothers. It's not for lack of wanting to see women celebrated, but the painful awareness of her own strained relationship with her mother. That void deepened when the author and literary critic published an essay entitled What My Mother and I Don't Talk About about serial abuse by her stepfather and her mother's denial of it. It's also the title of a new collection of personal essays by 15 contemporary writers about the often complex yet fundamental relationships with their mothers. Michelle Philgate is editor of What My Mother and I Don't Talk About, and she's joining us from New York City. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Virginia. Well, you did start writing about sexual and verbal abuse from your stepfather. This was a decade before it was actually published by Long Reads in 2017. When did that shift to being really about your mother?
1: Yeah, well, it was actually over a decade ago when I started writing that essay. I was an undergraduate at the University of New Hampshire at the time. And when I first started writing the essay, I really thought that it was about my stepfather abusing me. And it came from a place of anger and resentment at that time and kind of still figuring out what I had been through because it wasn't long after having these experiences. It took me many years of therapy and um, coming into my own as a writer to realize that the real story here was about the longing a daughter has to connect with her mother and the ramifications of abuse and the fracture that that caused in our relationship. Mm. So that's why it took me so long to finish this essay.
0: Well, I follow you on Facebook and remember very well how terrifying it was for you to put it out there, and then how enthusiastically it was received. So how did you go from there to this, editing a book all about those unspoken things?
1: Yeah, well, I feel like it's because this book is very much a book of the moment, even though I feel like it will be a book that will matter for a long time as well. But it's a book that came out of this specific moment we're in. The essay was published in October of 2017, right when the Me Too movement started to take off. Mm -hmm. And so it couldn't have been better timing. And I feel like it was in that moment when people started to break these silences, um, and people started to really pay attention to stuff that's been going around us for forever. Um, and so that the essay went viral. A lot of my favorite writers shared it on social media, like Anne Lamott and Lydia Yuknovich and Rebecca Solnit. Um, and I started hearing from a bunch of strangers too who really related to my essay. But one thing that really um, I noticed right away was that so many people were responding to the title, What My Mother and I Don't Talk About. I heard from so many people who said, I have my own story to tell. And it wasn't just about abuse. There were, it, you know, there are so many things that people can't talk about with their mother for whatever reason. And it might be that their mother is no longer around and they they regret something that they never got to talk about with them. It might be that they still have a relationship with their mom and there's just something that goes unsaid that stays there, mm-hmm. that lodges there and and um, can become toxic because it's kept inside. And, and so I really wanted to break these silences, mm-hmm. all kinds of silences. Um, and some of the writers in this book are very close with their mothers. And so I have a, a bunch of different experiences reflected here.
0: Yeah. And they, they don't let's say they don't read like Hallmark cards. But I do want to be yeah. clear. It's not all about pain and estrangement. And, and and silence is not always about shame or fear of response or lack of response. For Alexander Chi, it was a wish to shield his mother from pain. What was he protecting her from?
1: He was trying to protect her from the fact that he was abused as a choir boy, as a child. And so that, in, in in doing that, he was trying to think of his mother's best interest. But silence, as we see in that essay, is not a good thing for Alex either, because there's a cost of keeping something like that to yourself.
0: Mm. The burden
1: of carrying that kind of shame around with you.
0: In the case of Juliana Baggett, she grew up with a mother who overshared. Uh, in fact, she became kind of the repository of her mother's stories of a Southern Gothic family. And her essay is called "Nothing Left Unsaid." How does she reflect on that relationship?
1: <laughs> she that essay is wonderful. Uh, she talks about how her her mother tells her everything. She became her mother confessed everything to her. Mm. So that's an interesting case of what happens when you have a mother who tells you everything, and how does that affect your relationship with her? Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful, heartfelt, really funny essay. I love that one so much.
0: Well, and she realizes her grandmother had her mother when she was just 17. Her grandfather was a pool hall hustler who couldn't read or write. There's, there's, There's often a... A kind of regret or, or, or maybe say empathy of coming to realize their mother's own pain or limitations that they were really doing the best they could. There, there's, there's no criticism here. In fact, it, for her, it's like a, a flowering of her own imagination.
1: I love that. That's so true. And I think one of the things that this anthology is getting at is that our our mothers are human beings just like us. And, you know, there's a mythology around the perfect mother. Um, and that's not, you know, as I say in the introduction to this book, our mothers can't possibly check all those boxes. Um, they are they are human like the rest of us. And, and I think our culture focuses and puts so much pressure on mothers to be these perfect human beings.
0: Mm. And Brandon Taylor. He's a wonderful Southern writer. His mother was abusive and did not conform to all this, you know, Southern people are all great storytellers. In fact, she was very silent. Uh, He writes, my family was a series of hushed rages behind shut doors. He grapples with the mystery of his mother. Where, Where does he go in this essay?
1: That essay breaks my heart every time I read it. It's so beautiful, though. The What I love about Brandon's essay is here he is writing about an abusive relationship with his mom after she passed away. But he does it with such tenderness. Mm. He really sees her on the page. He lets the reader see her on the page. There's a real beauty to the way he writes about his mom with such Tough, difficult circumstances, and I, I'm just in awe of his writing. Mm.
0: He he asks. Uh, his father tells him after his mother dies, you know, she loved you, and and he asks, "What is love if you get it secondhand?" <laughs> There's something oh. so heartbreaking about I that. I know, I know well, that really breaks my heart. Well, what was it? What was it that you were going for when you were looking over these essays? Obviously, the experiences are all very different, but was there a kind of way or theme that that made them essays that went in the book?
1: Yeah, it was really important to me and to my editor, Karen Marcus at Simon & Schuster, that each essay in this book be a gem. Um, and I feel like the common thread that's connecting all of them is the importance of breaking these silences, whatever silence might mean for each contributor. It was important to me that um, the the anthology reflected a diversity of voices as well as a diversity of stories and different backgrounds. So we have writers of all ages in this book. Um we have writers with all kinds of different relationships with their mothers.
0: We are getting real with Michelle Philgate. She's a writer, she's a literary critic, and she's editor of the new anthology, What My Mother and I Don't Talk About. Well, there's a, there's some things that I see here. You know, we get the kind of childhood logic of... This is just the way it is. You know, this is who my mother is. They're often figures of of great wonder to them. Sometimes that rage of the young adult realizing that actually that was really bad parenting. And then acceptance and empathy for, for what limited, flawed human beings they are. As you said, this really comes across in Naomi Munawira's essay. It's called My Body, Her Body.
1: I'm really glad you brought up Naomi's essay because that essay is really special for um, the reason that Naomi writes about um, her growing up with a mentally ill mother and in, in she was in an immigrant family and she was really nervous about sharing that essay with her mother after she wrote it, but it was important to her to show it to her mom before this book came out and even before the galley came out. And when her mother read it, she sent her a really... Amazing email, telling her that she was proud of her and how this essay was going to help other people. So we actually included that as a postscript um, to Naomi's essay to show that you know these essays can actually help heal some relationships as well.
0: Mm-hmm. But how about you know like the, the sort of adaptive ability <laughs> of the people in this book? Like she becomes a liar in her life, and in many ways, Brandon Taylor's essay is about writing about his relationship with his mother, do you feel like that is one of the ways that people cope with the silence is becoming writers? Is that common to them?
1: Absolutely. I know that I became a writer because it was important to break silences. That's something that made me want to be a writer in the first place. And I think a lot of writers are drawn to that, to figuring out the truth on the page. Even if, you know, this is an essay collection, but even if you become a fiction writer as well, it's all about the emotional truth in that, right? So I think writing in general, poetry as well, it is about breaking these silences saying the things that go unsaid, figuring out how to talk about things that are so hard to talk about in real life, you know, confronting them on the page is often where we realize what it is that we're trying to say in the first place, what it is that we carry around inside of us. So that I think silence is one of the main driving forces in why writers write in the first place.
0: What did you find in what these essays said about how the writers themselves parent or want to parent?
1: Oh, well, Lynn Steger-Strong's essay um, about not being able to tell her mother that she loves her, which is just so profound, but like that's what she needs to be able to say, I love you. Um, I, I She talks about being a mother in that piece as well, and... So you can see her grappling with how her mother mothered her and how she wants to be a mother.
0: Mm. I was also really struck by Kayase Lehman. He's now based in Mississippi, uh, who yeah. wrote the, the memoir Heavy. And he addressed it to his mother. Yes. Uh, it's about growing up, as he says, a fat black kid. Um, mm-hmm. And his essay in your book, he also writes it to his mother. So it's like, in some ways... Do you think many of these people who wrote this are still wanting to tell their story to their mother?
1: Absolutely. In some ways it's much easier to say that on the page rather than face to face, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I think this these are attempts to communicate with the moms. I think of also Melissa Phoebos' essay in this book, which deals with looking at her relation her close relationship with her mother, who's a psychotherapist, through the prism of mythology. She talks about mythology and in, in, in her relationship with her mom. And it's it's true that um, You know, we we do mythologize our mothers, and I I love that, you know, that essay is certainly speaking directly to her mother. All of these essays are. That's a common thread, Mm. especially even to the mothers
0: who are no longer alive, like Dylan's essay and Brandon's essay. Yeah. There's a bit in Alexander Cheese's essay when he says, I wonder what would have happened if I had said something then? And some of these writers, again, will never say the unsaid to their mothers because they've died. I think you even do that in your essay. You sort of imagine what your mother was like before she met your stepfather. There's a way that these essays become a, an exercise of power where there was powerlessness Am I stabbing at something, or is that something that you? Used to... No,
1: you you absolutely are, and I think a good example of that is um, Leslie Jameson's essay uh, at the very end of the book about her very close relationship with her mother um, was written shortly after Leslie gave birth to her child and. In her piece, she tries to understand who her mom was before she became her mom by reading an unpublished manuscript that her mother's first husband wrote based on their marriage, this novel that never got published. Uh, And so that essay is all about trying to understand who a mom is before she becomes the mother. Mm. Uh, And I think all of us are, are often wondering that. What was our mother like? Were they the same? Did they change by having me? It's so hard to imagine your mom without you, right? But right. That's, it's something it's really, really hard. it It reminds um, me a
0: little of that. Do you remember do you ever read that Sharon Olds poem where she's writing about her parents as students, you know, meeting in college and saying, like, stop." You know, don't do it. It's a terrible mistake. But then um, but then she says, but I don't stop them because I want to live. You know, it's it's a wonderful of Sharon.
1: Yeah, it's great. great.
0: And, and, um, you know, there's a there's like, if our mothers didn't exist, neither would we.
1: Right. Exactly. so it is in a lot of ways our most important relationship, right? Even if we've never had a relationship with our mom, it is a crucial vital relationship there are reason for our existence in the first place.
0: Well, you write it so beautifully our mothers are our first homes and that's why we're always trying to return to them. What, what does that mean to you now, you know, a couple years after you read that you wrote that
1: Well, for me, things are really complicated uh, with my own mother right now. Um, So I'm hoping that we can work through the pain um, and that this book will ultimately lead to some healing for us and that we can communicate in a way we haven't been able to communicate so far. That's my biggest hope for this book. Um, I don't know whether that will happen or not, but I certainly wrote this essay and compiled this anthology and edited this anthology from a place of deep longing for a a better relationship with my mother, who I do love. Mm.
0: So it's a painful day for you coming up on Mother's Day. And for many people whose mothers have passed down or were never present to begin with, what do you plan to do, Michelle?
1: uh, That's a good question. Um, You know, on Mother's Day, I typically try to avoid Facebook just because it's a parade, as you mentioned earlier, it's a parade of people posting, you know, tributes to their moms, which is wonderful. And I'm so happy for people who do have great relationships or did have great relationships with their moms. I think I will probably be avoiding Facebook on that day for self-care. And You know, I'm actually going to be doing an event in in Minneapolis that day, a panel for this book um, at the Wordplay Literary Festival. So that is what I'm going to do on Mother's Day this year is hopefully speak to an audience that um, needs to hear about, about the stories, the
0: essays in this book. Well, congratulations on the book, Michelle. Thank you so much. Michelle Philgate, she's editor of What My Mother and I Don't Talk About. It's an anthology of essays by some really engaging contemporary writers about their relationships with their mothers. There's more in the book at gpbnews.org. And I just did look up the name of that poem by Sharon Olds. It's called I Go Back to May 1937. Stay with us. There's more on Second Thought coming up after a short break.